Welcome to uh, a, 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 I suppose, a, a catch up, a catch up on um, the overboard show with one of our favorite guests, uh, the intrepid adventurous uh, Shirley. Shirley Thompson. Sorry, Shirley Lovely Thompson. Lovely to have you back. How are you Good today? Good morning. Great to talk to you. And I must say, your tan comes out great on the radio. Uh, <laughs> you, you're looking. You look like you've just come back off a holiday. You look fresh. You look. Sp- Bunky, you look all good to go. So all good to go, yes. For yes, I would those who don't know, Shirley has been a guest on our station, not only because she's Irish and so therefore we love to catch up, but also because she has been planning to row solo across the Atlantic at uh, and be the oldest woman and Irish woman to have taken I, on this challenge i do i object to saying oldest woman she doesn't look old no she doesn't and she's so doesn't act I, old. I find it difficult <laughs> because to me old is wrinkly and bent over and you know a bit uh, of something uh, coming out of the <laughs> nose that kind of thing with the hat you know you've got a bonnet hat you, you you're not that old shirley so i i find that more difficult but you will have the mantle for uh the maturest lady <laughs> to cross an ocean. The oldest in years, the oldest in birth certificate wise. Uh-huh. And also the first woman from Ireland to do it, so. A double so whammy. Yes, it's worth it. But you know, I'm not, I'm not doing it for the record. I'm doing it for the fun of it. I'm doing yeah. it for the crack. <laughs> well, explain to our listeners what the challenge is. Rowing uh, solo across the Atlantic from the Canary Islands to the Caribbean. Um, I'm aiming for St. Bart's, but honestly... If I see the shores of Barbados on my way, I'm not going to bypass it <laughs> and reach some parts. Any land will do. You know? And, and uh, what's not, the what's your date of departure? When are you planning to well, leave? Uh, you know, sort of, um, uh, mid-November, but it really depends on the weather. I want yeah. to make sure I've got uh, uh, a good few days of weather in my favour before mm-hmm. I set off. Um, uh, last year... I had um, one attempt where I went round in circles, which went got a little bit old um, after three days. So I came back to shore and started again and took a different routing. And then the second time I went out, I got caught in quite stormy weather. And I ended up having to put out my para anchor, floating anchor. Uh, and I was on that for five days. Oh, and oof. that really wasn't very pleasant. And it was also a waste of time I, because... Uh, yeah. It was just, and also I was so seasick. I was going to say, I just remember the seasickness of all things of being five days just rocking back yeah. and forth and having no I, great distraction just, from that. Yeah, no, that was just hideous. And and so I want to make sure I'm going to give myself the best chance so that, you know, the first days I get out there that I'm actually going to be rowing, not just lying around feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> so um, I would just <clears throat> like to, for those of our listeners that haven't heard you on our, on our air um, last year, having actually just, I believe, learned how to swim and how to row, you decided that you were going to row solo across the Atlantic. And we kind of followed you up into departure um, where uh, can we just, because in itself, it is a great story. Yeah. I put up on my social media a quote about perseverance, which is truly what I think of your determination just inspires me. So I would love just for people to know of how many times people will just 
give up. I saw this great quote that I was also thinking of, which is um, about uh, uh, the amount of people who give up before they actually achieve success. And the thing of being successful is just not giving up. So, so sorry, the, the question, the question on my mind, which I'm, I'm sure is on the forefront of many of our listeners' minds right now, is: at what point did this seem like a good idea to you? <laughs> well, now I'm beginning to wonder. <laughs> it all started out as I um, last year I was 60, and I wanted to do something to celebrate being 60. And I didn't want to have a party or go to a spa or do whatever. I wanted to do something really selfish for me uh, and sort of prove to myself uh, and other people that age is just a number. Because I think women, when they get older, they start to be a little bit invisible as far as society is concerned. And whether it's in the career field or anything, you know, once you're an older woman, you're less valued uh, in our society. And I wanted to kind of proof well yeah that's wrong you know look at look at me i'm 60 and i'm rowing an ocean and i wanted to prove also someone ordinary can do something extraordinary because i'm just an ordinary woman you know i'm not an athlete i wasn't a rower um i couldn't swim uh and but i've got great mental tenacity so <laughs> that's really what's that's really what's driven me and despite uh, two abortive attempts. I am absolutely determined to keep on trying and get there. <laughs> Surely, Shirley, Shirley, correct me if I'm wrong. I may be confusing because I am an older man. Um, didn't you do a marathon in the Antarctic or something? Oh, I've done loads of marathons. I mean, I am a... a but but in the Antarctic. Marathon. You did one in the Antarctic. Yes, I've done one in the Antarctic. So could, could I go back to the bit where you said, I'm just an ordinary woman? <laughs> <laughs> These days, you know, marathons and ultramarathons are kind of mainstream. Yeah, I would say yeah. I am. It's not the Ironman, you know. <laughs> you, you, you said, you've said the benchmark a little bit high for my liking. Um, yeah, yeah. I can put one foot in front of another, you know. So tell me. Um, going, you know, and, and I could have, from my sixth, I could have gone off on a crazy run. But I thought, you know, I want to do something that's really out of my comfort zone. I am terrified of the water. It's not uh, an environment that I feel comfortable in. And, you know, and I didn't swim and I thought, okay, let's take on something that's, that's a real challenge. Um, and so, you know, every day I'm out there, you know, the fear of being in the water, the fear of knowing the water is several kilometers deep. <laughs> I, I won't actually even let myself think about it because I know if I do, I, I, I'll just be terrified. So, you know, you just take it and take it in little, in little steps and, uh, and I'll get through it, yeah. And that's why it's a challenge because uh, it's something um, that's really. Uh, and how long? Platform. How long will the journey take? Do you estimate? Yeah, or, yeah. Given given you know, given fair conditions, how long would you estimate from the Canaries to the first island you find in the Caribbean? Um, I, I would say three months. Three months. I would say three months, give or take. I'm I'm taking enough food for a hundred days. Um, I'd like to think that I'm going to get there in less than ninety days. But, uh, you know, honestly, mentally, I'm preparing myself for 90 days plus and then anything is a bonus. <laughs> and if I get 90 days plus and I'm still, in, I'm still not there, then at least I know I've done 90 days. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's not that difficult to just do, you know, more, you know, more steps to get to the finish. Well, I, I can understand, you know, to, to, uh, to strengthen the muscles, you know, if you, you, you might choose a rowing machine or, or bicycles and, 
and you, you work out and exercise and train that way. How do you train mentally for three months, which ostensibly will be three months solitary confinement? Um, how, okay. do you, how, do you, how do you train for that? Well, I, I think actually that my mental tenacity is stronger than my physical fitness. Um, I've got great mental tenacity from doing endurance races. And I will, when I put my oars in the water and set off from the Canaries, I will set myself the task of rowing for an hour. And when I've rowed for an hour, I will say, okay, you've managed an hour, row for another one. And I can then row for another hour. And then I know if I can row for two hours, then I can row for four hours. And then I can row for six hours. And then at the end of the day, I think, okay, you've done a day's rowing, have some rest. Tomorrow you can row another day. And so everything will be done in, in bite-sized pieces. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, an Irish mate of mine, Cyril Boylan, said to me before I set off last year, he said, how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> and I said, I don't know how. And he says, one bite at a time. And that is, I, I actually wrote it on the, in the, on the inside of the cabin on the wall because I just thought that's my mantra for going across. Mm. I spoke um, because those. It really, yes, it really is one bite at a time. Because if you look at the whole thing, if I, I will never look and see how much distance I've covered and how much distance I've got to go because it's not going to make any difference. I'll get there when I get there. No, I'm not, I'm not going for a speed record, so it's not, it's not a problem. I want to enjoy it-ish. <laughs> so is, is anything different for this time around? Are, are we the same boat? Because um, the, on your last attempt, you sprung a leak, effectively, and yes. um, ended up, I believe, being rescued by a very handsome man coming down from a helicopter. Yes, a sort of cross between the milk tray man and James Bond. Did you get the phone yeah. number? <laughs> <laughs> And there was I all covered in sick, you know. Of course. <laughs> that's when you want to meet that's when that's you want to meet you, man. Well, um yes, I'm using the same boat. I uh after I was rescued, I then went out with a great team uh from Tenerife who helped me rescue Amigo. And we took her back and uh had a marine survey done on her and found that she had not been seaworthy when I set off. Unfortunately, the cowboy who um, refurbished my boat didn't do a very good job. And so none of the compartments were watertight. So water was able to flood from one compartment to another. Uh, and also the previous water maker, when it had been moved, he hadn't capped it off. So the water was coming straight in from the ocean. So, and-, and uh, It's actually amazing you lasted so long. I'm very lucky. I'm very, very lucky. Uh, and you know what? Funnily enough, I haven't heard a peep from him since I was rescued. You know? Uh, but anyway, mm. I believe in karma. What goes around comes around. Um, and so this time I uh, have used somebody who knows what they're talking about in the, in the ocean rowing world. And I will be going out in a seaworthy boat. So <laughs> that's the difference. So, so instead of having compartments that, that flood, I will be able to sleep at night knowing that the little cabin that I but sleep that, in actually is not going to fill up with water. Wasn't that an issue with the Titanic? Do you know, isn't it <laughs> Yeah. If only maybe, the, he thought, maybe he thought because I was from Belfast well, that, uh, you know, maybe that's, he, what I was, that's what I wanted. You know? Maybe he worked on it. Who knows? Maybe he did, yes. <laughs> um, have you also learned about... 
you know, things like, I, I love the story about when you were coming back in on one of your um, attempts out, you met the French guy in the barrel, I can't remember his name, who was going out just to have the barrel swish him across the ocean. And he did actually make it in the end. Um, he made it. He made it. I was in touch with him quite a lot, actually, but during his journey. I, I loved the fact that as you were going out, you were like kind of giving him some of your food, going, you know, I think you might need more than a fishing yeah. net. Did, did you give him the potatoes? Yeah, but, you know, but, but he did manage. He did manage with his, uh, um, uh, his, his fishing rod. He fished nearly every day. Uh, incredible. You know, 75, 74, 75 years of age. He had a few bottles of wine with him. He had a few rations that I gave him, um, uh, his fishing rod his and, foie gras. And, hand, yes, his foie gras and a hand pump uh, um, water desalinator. And he was at sea for five months and he got across with, with no oars, with no, I mean, this barrel <coughs> rolled around like the drum of a washing machine. <sighs> so I just can't imagine what the seasickness must have been like. And, must I have mean, been it, quite it, was, it was actually really, I mean, it did the bit, the barrel itself. I mean, I had envisioned something in wood. It, it's not, it, it's huge. Think of these massive, massive vineyard bar barrels. Well, yes, that's what it is. Yes, it was wood, but then it was covered in, in uh, I don't know, whatever, carbon fiber or something. It yeah. was, you know, it With was little uh, window hole in had, it. And, it. So, so, you know, so sometimes. It was actually almost like an astronaut pod. pod. Yes, yes, you it know? was that sort of thing. Um, but amazing that he did it. Absolutely amazing. Indeed. You know, I must admit, when he set off, I thought, nah, no way. But um, I'm, I'm very glad that he did, because it means that, uh, listen, if all else fails, you know, if I break a limb or I lose my oars or something like that, then the tides and the, you know, the currents will take me across. So Yeah, it is. And um, have you learned more about how you're going to go out? As in that, that first sort of, have you changed your, your route from before? You're going at a yes. different time as well, um, well weather I'm going providing. Well, a little bit earlier. Um, I will be sort of heading, uh, instead of heading south straight away, I will be heading east and then heading south and then heading west um, so that I get out of this uh, uh, kind of <coughs> vortex that there is in the Canary <coughs> Islands that shore. Because that, I mean, last, you know, it was funny, uh, you know, retrospect. But when I set off and I rode 14 hours for the first day and then and then had a bit of a rest and woke up and I looked out the window and I could see um, Puerto de Morgan. And I thought, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's when you don't want to see land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Undeterred, I set off again and I did maybe 16 hours. And I thought, yeah, fine. You know, and, and you know, Houses were getting smaller, you know, things were getting further away. I was feeling very happy with myself. Worn out, had to sleep, woke up, Puerto de Morgan, out the window. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I thought, no. And so I rode again, then probably for about five or six hours away from there. And then I thought, actually, this is silly. You know, and I'd had an intermittent problem with my tracker. And I thought, well, let's just kill two birds with one stone. Let's go back to shore and let's you know, take a different routing. It didn't make any difference. So, um, so I did that. So I got three days at sea um, for nothing. <laughs> but you know, funnily enough, the person who was doing my weather and routing was the same one that refurbished my boat. So, ah. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> so um, on, on a very practical level now, 
do you do you have now the provisions you're going to need do you have the sponsorship you you're you know the technology do you have everything in place you're going to need for weather providing a, a november liftoff um, listen, I'm getting there. I'm still, I'm still looking for a bit of corporate sponsorship. I would never turn anybody down. Could do a bit of help with with things like uh, I need to um, get a new AIS. Um, no, not a new AIS. Sorry, I need to get a new EPIRB because I set that off, and that once once you've used that, then that's uh, defunct. So, if anybody, if anybody out there would like to sponsor me an EPIRB, that would be amazing. Uh, and a bit more sort of technology. I do still have some airtime from my last trip because I'd bought quite a lot, but a little bit of a top up on that would be great. Uh, and uh, if anybody's able to lend me any equipment, um, a vegan would be great. Um, and sort of any supplies, you know. I mean, I, you know, I'm more or less there, but it's it's nice to just have that little final help to get me to the to the start line. And you're also doing some of this. This is, you know, your own personal adventure, but you're also raising for a few charities based in France where you are, where normally is home for you, aren't you? Um, yes, I am, yes. I mean, one thing which has been very, very important to me is not to confuse corporate sponsorship with charity fundraising. I am not an advocate of, I know plenty of people do it, but I'm not an advocate of the system where people will raise money and a sort of a global uh, amount of money and then part of it goes to the charity and part of it goes to pay for the expenses. My sponsorship is a deal with companies, with brands who are going to get some exposure uh, surrounding surrounding my role by sponsoring me. And then the fundraising kicks in once I set off and I'm fundraising for uh, French Riviera Animals who are an animal rescue um, charity. I am fundraising for Mimosa, who are a children's cancer charity here in the south of France. And I am also fundraising for the World Wildlife Fund because I want something that's sort of international as well. And it fits with my uh, sort of whole sort of anti-plastic thing and, um, uh, you know, looking after the environment. One of my main sponsors, uh, Xeros Technology, um, they make a microfilter that goes in washing machines uh, that stops um, plastics getting back into the ocean and so it sits very well with them as well so so yeah so that's why I've chosen those three charities so yes I hope people will will follow me um, and will give lots to charity as I suffer across the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be bringing Tato with you this time? Oh, no, Tato let me down last year. Tato gave me stale crisps. I know. I know. So, we were shocked. I was going to say, check the date this time. Well, no. So, in fact, I haven't asked them. I've actually got a great new startup in Northern Ireland. So, from home, that uh, make uh, a product called Pink Finch. They are fruit crisps. Mm. And they also make the most delicious popcorn, cloud corn. Uh, and so they are sponsoring me all my uh, my snacks across. So really and to be honest, to probably more nutritious considering how much energy you're going to be burning. Then well, yes, absolutely. And, and the fact that they they're fruit crisps. Actually, one bag of fruit crisps is the equivalent of one of your five a day, wow. which is quite fun. Yeah, that's and cool. That, I've been doing a tasting of their stuff. They sent me a load of stuff to test, and it's delicious, absolutely delicious. But is that an issue? Like, are you bringing multi? Just on hope, are you bringing multivitamins? Because you're not going to be able to have fresh fruit and vegetables, you know, day sixty. 
Um, and I'm thinking that maybe, you know, for all the energy you're going to be burning, you would need a bit more of a nutritional impact to kind of keep you going. I do take a multivitamin. So um, I'll continue to do that. Yes, I don't want to get scurvy, but I don't know how long you <laughs> to get scurvy. Exactly, it's very deeply testing. embedded from historical stir- <laughs> stories of crossing yes, the ocean is getting yeah. scurvy by yeah. the time you get there. Yeah. You know, be real bummer. Um, I've been testing uh, grapefruit and grapefruit out of a fridge. I have a grapefruit that is still edible after three months. I tested to see what it was like. So I'll take a few bits of fruit with me. I think grapefruits will last. Uh, apples should last pretty mm. well. Uh, you know, pears. So I will take a bit of a bit of fruit with me because that's something I'm going to miss a huge amount. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to eat fresh, uh, you know, fruit and vegetables. And the dehydrated food is really not something that I am um, crazy about. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got lots of calories in it. Uh, it's... Um, but I'll be I'll be making these uh, freeze dried meals with cold desalinated water. Mm. So they're a bit yeah. Yummy. And the energy <clears throat> for a kettle, you know, is is would a, a little tiny kettle be too much? Well, no, it's not even that. It's actually the safety aspect. You know, the meals don't taste that much different if they're cold or hot, and I don't want to have any boiling water. That because I know how much the boat moves around, and I don't want any. Uh, uh, you know, if I scalded myself when I'm in the middle of the ocean, then I could be in. You know, it's it's an extra danger that I don't need, and it doesn't bother me. You know, I don't drink tea or coffee, so I don't have to have a hot drink. Okay, so it's not helps. an issue really. Um, and, You'd and never last actually- for three months without tea. That would just <laughs> skip the rowing or the isolation. It would and be you're, three months <clears throat> without tea. You're, um, you don't eat fish, do you? So, would you be fishing? I do eat fish. Yeah. Okay, will you be fishing every day and, and <laughs> catching? Are you going to be like your friends? Do, do you like do you like sushi? Counterpart. I love I love sushi, but am I going to catch fish and then kill it and gut it and all the rest of it? No, no. I like it. I like to buy it in the supermarket, the fishmongers. If I'm honest, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not really sure. If I listen, if I get past the hundred days. You know, listen, I'll be eating my limbs, you know, I'll be eating anything. True. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I won't have to. But, um, yeah, the fishing thing, I think, is just a step a step too far. Well, I just well, think it's an extra hassle that I don't need. Which limb, I mean, just bearing in mind that you're a, a rower, <clears throat> which limb would you choose to eat first, seeing as you brought it up? <laughs> what would your first uh, go-to? Did do that? Well, one of my legs, I suppose, except I need my legs and my arms. It's a difficult, it's a, that's a difficult choice. That's what choice I was there. thinking. I mean, one of them's got yeah. to go. What, what, what would you choose? Can't do an arm because you'd end up going in circles. Maybe so. chew on an ear. Oh, it would have to be. chew on an ear. Yeah, I would have to chew on an ear. Yeah. yeah. Just that you brought it up. My thighs or something, I suppose. Yeah. yeah you could do a bit of inner thigh and kind of keep the yeah. other two. <laughs> it's been a good. actually trying to do that. On a rowing boat, I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, Julie, last question of practicality, but, <clears throat> you know, you, you live in the south of France, you have dogs still, I believe, don't you? So One dog. One, one dog. dog. But oh. what happens to normal life and what you do the rest of the year when you go and take this adventure? How do you wiggle well, that? Because I think, uh, well, you know, lots of people go, I'll take a year off, but 
there's how do you juggle? Well, yes, I um, I, I use this service, trusted house sitters, where people come and stay in your home and look after your animals. So the people that stayed here with my two dogs last year. Uh, when I set off, they're coming back this year to stay with my one dog. One, one sadly uh. was put to sleep a few months ago. So, in fact, I'm taking her ashes with me to scatter in the ocean. So, ah, yeah, taking her with you too. Well, check check the wind. No, it happened uh, to uh, uh, people we know, and uh, they brought some ashes, uh, some of the ashes, out in a boat because uh, the person who died was an avid sailor, and. Um, they were so focused on their grief and, and the ceremony and everything. Uh, they were on a 30-odd-foot sailboat. Um, they cast the ashes out from the jar they brought, and, of course, the wind was not blowing favorably, and they just got covered in ash. Um, and it was... Uh, I found it particularly funny, actually, but they found it quite traumatic. Uh, so a word of yeah, well, advice, that's all I'm saying. I'll find a calm day. She was a water dog. She was in Newfoundland. So she used to love to be in the water. So I think it's a fitting tribute for her to, yeah. to, to, to finish in the Atlantic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's somebody to talk to until I do. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can always phone us on some of the credit you have left. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and friends and family, will there be anyone there to see you off or see you when I you get there? Or who's following you on the journey? Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody will be following me. Um, I don't really want anybody to see me off because it's not like sort of, you know, the last rites. You know, it's just that you know, I want to just set off on my own uh, in the morning that seems right uh, for departure uh, with no fuss. Um, and uh, in terms of arrival, yes, everybody's welcome, you know, the more the merrier. And um, people will be able to follow you on Facebook, on where are yes. you going to be updating? Because you will be having little messages yes. back in to land. Yes, yeah, there'll be a blog going up every day and you, and a link to follow my tracker. Um, and so, yes, that's on facebook.com slash Cheryl's Row. And people can follow the journey there. Fantastic. Watch me suck. <laughs> <laughs> will you have a little camera? Can we actually see you? Um, I will, I will be able to, uh, well, it's, it depends how far I am from the shore. Initially, I may be able to do a few sort of like Facebook live things. Um, then once I'm sort of out in the middle or on my way, um, I'll be able to send a few, a, yeah, a few images. Uh, and if I get any beacon equipment, I'll be able to send some video, but that's really, you know, uh, technology dependent. My, uh, my beacon explorer, which, uh, was there for um, video uploads uh, last year? Unfortunately, got um, destroyed in the in the flooding. So, um, so I've got airtime for a unit, but no unit, which is a bit of a shame. So. Right. Okay. Well, if anyone's out there and uh, they have any of the equipment, can I just say, having followed you over the past year, Shirley. Um, Thank you for your inspiration of just a. When are you when are you doing this? When when's your next? Uh, when is your final attempt? Not final, but your next successful uh, one. My, yes, yes. I, I, I tend to it is I tend to set off middle of November. In fact, I'm going out to the uh, um, uh, Canaries the week after next um, to get on with a bit more preparation on the boat, and then. Where is uh, the boat at the moment? Is it with you in France, uh, or is it? Moment, no, no. At the moment, the boat is in El Hierro. But I will move the boat eventually from El Hierro to Gran Canaria and set off from there. Where's El Hierro? 
Oh, El Hierro is like, you know, the last years you know, after El Hierro, you sort of drop off into the ocean. It's the, the most, uh, the most westerly of the Canary Islands. Ah, okay. Okay. Um, so, but probably we need to move the boat to, to, to Grand Canaria to get the final works done because there, there are not many facilities in El Hierro. Okay. okay. So, okay. boat will be there. So, so it's logic to, to leave from there. Well, so, so I, 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 I know my way around the waters of the Canaries, that's for sure. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, well, um, we will be following you. It'd be lovely to catch up again, possibly just before you go. If yeah, you let's can, talk surely. before you go. Um, I, I take it the next month is just continuing like your past couple of months of lots of rowing and running and organizing. And uh, um, can't wait to hear the next bit of the story. So thank you so much. So great to talk to you both. Thank you. you. Too. To that was you. Shirley Thompson, who is planning to break the record to be the oldest and most Irish woman to have crossed the Atlantic in a rowboat solo. And she is going out this autumn, this November. We wish you the very best of luck. Thank you for listening to Supiat Radio. <laughs>